Well, hello and welcome back to the From the Garofis podcast or YouTube channel with Micah Foster. And today I have an amazing conversation with a pastor who also is co-vocational uh, in a cybersecurity firm. Uh, his name is Vaughn Sanders, and he is close to Chicago. In his words, he says there's only two places in, in, in Illinois, Chicago and anywhere else. And I agree with him as someone who's from California. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, Vaughn, thanks for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking some time with me. I know you're a busy man, a pastor. Why don't you give us some context for you, your life, and your ministry? Yeah, brother, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here and um, be able to share my story with you. Um, Vaughn Sanders, I'm lead teaching pastor at First Baptist Church in Bolingbrook, Illinois. It's about 35 miles southwest of Chicago, so we're in the great Chicago land. It's funny, in Illinois, you're either in Chicago or somewhere else in Illinois. So, <laughs> yeah, we always have that reference as to you know, where we are in, in, in reference to Chicago. So that's where we are. Um, I serve at a 53-year-old church. I've been lead, lead pastor here for uh, a little over two years and served as you know, associate prior and deacon prior to that. So I've got a long history with the church, but not as long as the church is, right. which um, has its own uh, unique uh, pluses and, and minuses to go along with that. But, you know, my wife and I, we moved here. We're from Missouri originally, okay. and we met in college, have two children, uh, adult age. So we're kind of on the uh, almost to the empty nest portion. Uh, my my daughter's in college here in Chicago, and then my son and, and his wife uh, currently living with us is before they really launch off on their lives. And so it's just really interesting uh, having that dichotomy as well, uh, being more empty nesters than having some younger children. Wow. And that's where I'm at. I'm at, I have younger children, elementary age kids. So I've got three of them, man. I, it is my dream that they will launch out someday. <laughs> As it is for for most of us, um, I'm still dreaming. Uh, my daughter's already said when she graduates, she wants to stay at home a little while just so that she can start to earn some money. And so we'll see when this finally happens, but it, it will soon. Uh, we're blessed to be able to do that. You know, our parents awesome. weren't able to provide for us the way we are providing for our children. So that's, that's as parents, right? That's what we really yeah. want to be able to yeah. do a little bit more than what we had with our parents. Right. And, and, and you're giving her some uh, extra time to save and yeah, there's a lot of pluses to immediately getting, you know, yourself into a lot of um, financial mm -hmm. situations. So absolutely something about that for sure. No, I was going to just going to say it, it has helped us in ministry because of, uh, I don't want to call it a burden, but we have some different freedoms that a lot of other folks don't have Absolutely. because we don't have small children. And so we're able to, uh, probably to our detriment sometimes when it takes long hours and to do different things, we're able to do that and have some flexibility in ministry and, and our, our jobs otherwise. So tell me a little bit about your ministry in terms of you know how you were impacted by COVID, number one. And number two, are you guys in person now? Are you uh, in person and have an online? How is it working out for you? Sure. Uh, as another portion of that, uh, I'm also co-vocational. Um, you hear the terms bivocational, co-vocational, and, and really the, this, the distinction is when someone's bivocational, you have another job, obviously. Mm -hmm. But sometimes with the attention of I'm going to work toward being 
quote unquote full time in ministry and not have yes. this this other job. Co vocational is more intentional. So I believe God has um, put me in a, a place that that I can have ministry, not only um, vocational ministry, but also um, in the ministry of my other role as well. And so, um, one of the things that you know, pastors really don't have the opportunity. You're surrounded by quote unquote church people so much that those evangelistic opportunities or understanding you know, what's going on and what's happening in the world and be able to provide those real world experiences to yeah. the congregation is kind of lacking. And so uh, that's why I like the term co-vocational, the intentionality behind it. And so as, as and you find a lot of church planters in a similar role that are being bivocational until, yeah. you know, maybe they can uh, uh, have you know full-time paid ministry. Right. But in, yeah. in specifically with, the the pandemic it has been very interesting for us like it has been for everybody else um fortunately when when i came on as pastor i saw people live streaming and i said well we should do that too but primarily for the purpose of when people are, are sick or they they miss service then they can catch right. up on it and so while we were doing it we weren't doing it well <laughs> And so it took the pandemic and then you know the, with the stay at home orders and such it took that for us to improve on the audio and the visual visual and, and things of that nature so that we can, can still uh, keep the congregation involved and together. And right. so that was initially our purpose. But as time went on and I saw people uh, who I know, you know, friends and family who don't go to church and and they were saying, oh, I watched you on Sunday or I watched this other person or it's cool. I can now visit churches without going anywhere. <laughs> it really clicked for me that, hey, this is an, a ministry outreach opportunity. And because of everything that's going on, not just with the pandemic, but the social and civil unrest, all these things yes. going on, people are, are looking for hope. They're looking for a solution to all these things. And so I started to say, well, how do we take advantage of this opportunity not just having services online, but also, you know, what else can we do with, you know, Bible studies, YouTube, whatever it is. And so the focus for me is, is multifold. Um, currently we, we are primarily back in the building, but some people have uh, opted not to, you know, still with the uncertainty and we have an aging congregation. And so mm -hmm. a lot of people want to take their time uh, coming back and they want to limit the exposure. And we totally, uh, respect that. And so they're viewing at home if they can uh, on YouTube and Facebook. And then we probably have a third of the congregation that is coming in person that we're meeting together uh, and things of that nature. So we really had to think through uh, because of the Asian congregation, not everybody has internet, not everybody has tablets and things of that nature. And so, you know, we've we've added newsletters and, you know, snail mail letters, phone calls, and things of that nature in order to, to to still meet with and connect with the the folks within our congregation who are not tech savvy so to speak right i've seen some some churches who have a lot of older uh people in their congregation who as you said are not tech savvy or they just don't want to be you know they just yeah. they they could do it they just like i really don't want to get into it it's too much yep um you know i'm good i've lived my whole life without doing this so, which is true. They've been fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of people, a lot of pastors and churches who have had a lot of those people, 
have used um, like a call-in service where they could listen to, have you guys explored any of that stuff? Yeah, we have. You know, we, we looked at some surveys and, and talked to some folks and many weren't interested in that either to be able to, to call in. But it's actually been surprising. A lot of those folks that uh, really don't want to have anything to do with technology, you know, once once we made those things available, they got on Facebook, they got on YouTube and they started to make it work. Or, you know, there are some people that have found other means as well. And so right. I've actually really been surprised at the adoption of technology, even though they skewed it at first. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were missing out. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, <laughs> scarcity brings value. Right. So <laughs> hey, I can't get yeah. this stuff. <laughs> yeah, Not just missing out, but. You know, these senior saints that, you know, they they are here faithfully, uh, they worship faithfully, they're praying, praying faithfully, and they they felt what was missing. Like this is a this is part of my life. This is my life. And I can't go without it. And so that's what's been really encouraging to me as a pastor to have these senior saints and say, I, I want yes. this, I need this. And how do how do I, how do we make it happen? How do we get more of it? And we can't wait to get back in the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously. So, uh, tell me about because I know that you have a personal YouTube channel. Does your church have a YouTube channel as well? How does that? We do. Okay, so so on your let's say this on your the church one under the church name, what goes out on there? And also, are you? broadcasting on YouTube? Are you broadcasting on Facebook? Is it live? Is it pre-recorded? What, how's all that work? Sure. Yeah, it is uh, broadcasted live on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we, we've been using the, the Mevo camera has been really gotcha. a, a, a great for that. And, you know, I am the, the tech person at the church as well. And so this affords me to be able to, I've trained some non-technical folks to be able to run it. And it's been fantastic. Well, a little hiccups here and there, but with technology, sure. that's what you get. But we are live on, on YouTube and Facebook. And it's the entire service. Prior to the pandemic, we only did the sermon portion because we okay. didn't have the licensing to do the music. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we, we acquired that license in order to broadcast the music as well. And we do the entire service on, on, that, on our YouTube, the church YouTube. And again, that's primarily for our members. Yes. Uh, although I, I would say we do have, you know, folks not only from Illinois, but also the broader U.S. and outside of the U.S. that that tune in faithfully as well. So what about your personal YouTube channel? So the personal YouTube, the goal of being um, missionary and evangelistic, because, um, you know, I thought about joining YouTube. I've been thinking about it for years and wanted to do it. I, I thought it would be fun and exciting to, to be in a community like that. And it wasn't until um, the, the George Floyd murder that it uh. really prompted me to do something. There were so many voices that were out there. And as I mentioned a moment ago, you know, people were distraught. Uh, they were lamenting. They were hurting. And there were so many different voices out there um, that, frankly, weren't beneficial, right? And then I felt like there needed yeah. to be some... Uh, biblical voices that were coming out to say that what thus saith the Lord or well, the, the hope that is provided through the gospel. And so that really prompted me like, you know, I've, if, I'm sure there's others out there, but God has put me in a place 
and, and giving me the ability, um, you know, I should be able to speak out as well. And so that's really the goal of my personal YouTube channel is so that people can understand the Bible and how to apply it to their lives. How do you live out your faith authentically in the world? And what does that look like? And I think as we become a pro a post-Christian nation, a post-Christian world, it's becoming harder and harder. And we've got a lot of things vying for our attention. And I just want to help people with that, that biblical foundation to assure them that, you know, it can be done. Um, it's not as weird as some people make it out to be. And it is uh, truly foundational. It has not changed. And that is the only hope that is going to be lasting. Is looking at like Europe, because they've been post-Christian long before the U.S., looking at their situation, one of the parts of the equation, from my perspective, is there, uh, the culture understood the church as a place you go. And so they've got all these cathedrals that are beautiful, magnificent pieces of artwork that were built for the glory of God. And then, you know, slowly people abandoned those because of all kinds of things. But the definition remained the same, that it was a, a place, it was a building. And so I think part of our danger in America is that misconception that people believe, most people believe that the church is a place you go, not a people you know, or a people that you're a part of, not a living body, but just something you do. The, the more that we kind of get away from, or the more that people get away from the application of the church instead of a destination, that divide continues to grow. That's a piece, a small piece of the equation in what, I, in what I've witnessed and seen as well, and kind of studying some of that European uh, culture. And so part of what I'm always talking about and telling our church is, hey, listen, because we're in California, right? We're not meeting together. We don't have property of our own. Some churches can meet outside on the grass or whatever. We don't have anything like that. If we want to do that, we've got to borrow you know, someone else's space. Mm -hmm. And so part of what I have continually been trying to teach our church over this past year is that, listen, we're just because we're not in person doesn't mean we're not the church. We are meeting together in spirit. We are devouring the same message. We are trying to apply the same thing in our in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, wherever we find ourselves. And so that has been kind of the rally cry that I've been saying, hey, don't wait for this pandemic to be over to grow in your faith. You better be growing right now. You'll never have an opportunity like this again. You better take advantage of right now and what God is doing in your life, or you're gonna miss the whole thing, the whole opportunity and you won't be able to get it back. You know, it's just like, we have got to, to take advantage of where God places us in the time he places us. And right now, man, for us, it's at home. And so I'm trying to teach people, hey, listen, you have got to be in the word. Like, let's get foundational with these practices, being in the word, praying, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's my tangent. That's where I'm, that's where I'm coming from, California right now. No, brother, same here. I mean, we're we're uh, singing from the same hymnal, so to speak. You know, when I came on as as pastor here, these are some of the things that I, I had been talking about already, talking about discipleship and, and how we need to, we are the church and we need mm -hmm. to take the church out to the communities, um, our friends and family who don't know Jesus, don't know the gospel. And when the season started, I was thinking, man, this is, this is the opportunity that we've been waiting for. Now, the things that I've been talking about, we have to do it. I've been talking about, let's get right. out of these four walls. Yeah. 
and and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so now we're being forced to do that. Yeah. Um, although it's still hard to, for it to catch on. Yeah. <laughs> so we're still having those discussions. So I've been uh, wholly focused on discipleship so that, um, you know, we can be you know, gathering together those who can get together in small groups and get together and fellowship and study and pray and things of that nature, but also, um, you know, helping the community and, and, and so supplying to their needs. And one of the things I did earlier in the, in the pandemic is just I created a Facebook group uh, called Pay It Forward Bolingbrook. And the, and the design was oh, for wow. uh, the people in the group to be able to post if they had a need or a, a want. And so uh, in addition to people that have needs, obviously there were givers that, that came to the group as well. And so people can come to the group to say, I need groceries, I need errands run, or I need uh, a ride to the doctor, I need masks, whatever have you. This was a safe place to come on Facebook and to just inquire on uh, how we can we can uh, get some things that are that are needed, and so I was really encouraged by that. And we've been able to do some incredible things for the community because, you know, as a 53 year old church, one of the things I was thinking about is if you know we got demolished or something happened to our building or our church, would the community even know? Would it would it be substantive enough that they would uh, be upset or uh, would they not care? And, and so was, God put us here for a reason. He, he planted us 53 years ago for a reason. You know, we should be out in the community and people should know, hey, if you need something, that you need to go talk to those folks. Cause they are always out here and they're helping people and they're uh, teaching folks how to uh, advance in their career or, you know, job skills, whatever have you. That is the place to go. And so, again, just wow. like you said, this is an opportunity for us to to go out and, and to start doing those things so that when things get to quote unquote, back to normal, you know, then we're in a different place. And I don't know that we'll ever get back to what we're used to. It'll certainly still be different. And so because of that, our church needs to be different as well. I love that you you saw an opportunity in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the uncertainty, and you built a community. You invited people to be a part of a community that could help fulfill the needs of one another. That's that's like Vaughn, that's that's like New Testament stuff. That's like Jesus stuff right there. <laughs> and I can't take total credit. I did see uh, some saw another church doing something similar and and but it was same yeah, hey, we need this in our community. We need something like this. You know, wonder how what that would look like for us to do something. And so uh man, it's just been cool to see the way God has blessed other people through our church. And I think that's what we're here for. Awesome, man. Awesome. So tell me real quick, because you mentioned it, that you are co-vocational. What is the other job? So I'm a director for a uh, cybersecurity firm. And so uh, I've been in the corporate world for a really long time. And I'm fortunate because I think that corporate experience has helped prepare me for where I am now, even though people get a little weird when you start talking about business and church at the same time. But there's some, you know, leadership things that I've been through, um, uh, managing people as well, uh, 
uh, planning, uh, goal setting, all those things uh, work just as well. And we see it from a biblical foundation as well, that the importance of, of doing these things, look at all the leaders that we see in the Bible and how they led people, how they managed disputes as they came up. And so I think there's a lot of skills that are easily transferable and so um, I like to say that I am an evangelist for not only your spiritual needs, but also your technology needs as well. <laughs> so it has been, it's been really fun. It's been cool to, 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 to do that. And, um, and that's why I think I've been comfortable with you know, adding a lot of the technology that we're using today, because I've always been a tech geek and had the latest and greatest gadgets. And so it was an easy transition for us at the church to be able to add some of these components. And then also, I mean, when I'm standing in the pulpit and, and mm-hmm. we're, you know, expounding on text, I can actually give examples from my personal life about uh, how I'm having gospel conversations within the workplace. Whereas, you know, people with, oh, that's taboo, right. you can't bring up church, you can't bring up God, you can't bring up any of that stuff. But there's ways to authentically live out your faith um, that is powerful within the workplace. And so I'm able to directly give some of those examples and hopefully encourage the hearers of it. That's awesome because you're relatable because you're in a, a different environment also. And so many, yeah. many pastors are not in a different circle. And so they're like, well, I mean, can't really do that. Yeah, Yeah, I like to say it gives me some street cred, not just with um, in in the workplace, but also within the church, because, um, you know, when when we're having a business dinner or something and people well, so fine, what do you like to do in your free time? Say, well, I'm a I'm a pastor of a small church in Bolingbrook. Really? I don't know any pastors. Tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? What do you do? Yeah. Exactly. But even without being a pastor, you know, how was your weekend? What did you do? Uh, man, I, I, you know, I went to church and had this, heard this incredible message and it really inspired me. Really, why did it inspire you? Tell me more. Right? There's ways that we can right. you know, put it in into our conversations. And then you get to gospel. say, because I preached it. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Maybe. <laughs> hey, tell me about Ooh. this, because we're both on a very new social media called Clubhouse. And I talked about this with uh, someone else in the last podcast. But tell me, what do you see the the potential, the kingdom implication, implication? implications. How do I even say it? What am I trying to say? What you can use this for in your ministry or business or both. Tell me, what do you see there? I'm still exploring that. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm getting old because, you know, with technology, I was always able to pick it up, figure it out really quick. But Clubhouse mm-hmm. is just a different animal for yep. me with it being an, an audio only um, and even the people that are on it or just, you know, for iOS only and, and things of that nature. And so, uh, and then the, uh, the other difference is with YouTube and podcasts, I can note that, Hey, I'm going to go back and listen to that later. Or uh-huh. I'm interested in this. I'll catch up on it, but that doesn't exist in clubhouse. You're either there yes. or you're not. And so there's a lot of FOMO that is in, in, in there. So what I'm really thinking about, what I'm mulling over is exactly what you asked. What is the opportunity for, for me, for us and the church? And, and one of the things that I'm thinking about is because what I want people to do is be able to authentically live out their faith and um, just drive conversations about that. Um, mm-hmm. So I see it as an extension of my YouTube channel where I will take current events or 
um, things that we see in the Bible and, and how do we apply that you know, to our to our lives and what does the Bible have to say about these different scenarios. So I see that as an easy transition to Clubhouse to have open discussions. You know, how should we be thinking about um, the, the new changes that we're seeing in the world, in the U.S., the, our new president and administration? Uh, how, how should we be thinking about that uh, some of the policies that are coming down or the vaccine, uh, people are saying, oh, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Well, what does the Bible have to say about the mark of the beast and how do we understand it with that lens? And so I think people are open, especially the, the, the later generations, right? The millennial generations and further, mm-hmm. they, they are asking these types of questions. And I don't believe that the church has been able or open to answering a lot of those things. And so uh, from based on the statistics that I'm reading, something like this might really appeal. I was talking with uh, Dennis Paulette about this. We were exploring. It was like, you know, this inevitably, when I talk to someone on this and we're recording a, po- a podcast, uh, something happens after I stop recording. They're like, oh, man, we should have captured mm-hmm. that. But so it teaches me I probably should just not stop recording, even though we've stopped <laughs> recording. Um, yeah. But uh, we were talking about... Um, Clubhouse, and then I'm like, let's see if I can pull it up in eCam if I plug in my phone. And then we were able to put it like between us and we were able to see stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, Clubhouse has a policy that you can't record the audio that's happening unless everyone who's speaking and involved in that, not the not the listeners, but the people on mm-hmm. the virtual stage mm-hmm. who have the ability to talk, uh, they must agree. So I've seen a couple of times in the title of a room, which a room is like, if you think about going to a conference, you got a bunch of break, breakouts. Clubhouse is a 24-7 audio-only conference. You're walking down this virtual hallway, looking at the signs on the door saying, do I want to jump into that room and listen to these guys talk on the stage? And they might invite you onto the stage if you raise your hand, uh, you virtually raise your hand, you press a button, and they go, oh, they're raising their hand. Would you like to come up and say something? So you can be involved in these kind of spur of the moment conversations. But some of the room titles have like recorded on it. So you know you're, what you're getting into if you go in there. So I think one of the applications could be just like this. We get in, into like an ECAM situation. We pull up the, the phone screen between us. We're talking about uh, a George Floyd or a political thing or or a verse or whatever. And there's people who can listen, but it's, and we're also recording it. So we're recording it for, for a podcast or for YouTube or whatever. And, uh, and we're getting some feedback from some audience members. They could be totally random. That's the scary thing. You may not know them or what they're going to say. So that's the other mm-hmm. thing is like, you could get a total troll in there. But right now it's invite only. So you gotta have a code. Someone's gotta like authenticate you basically and say you're who you are. Um, and, uh, and, and I just learned this, the more codes you give away, when you log in again, they'll give you more. So I didn't realize that at first. I was hoarding the codes, like the unfaithful servant. And finally, I realized, oh, I got to give this away to get more. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm mulling over and seeing as a possibility for Clubhouse. But here's the thing for me. I don't think, I don't think the masses of our church are going to get into this new digital medium. So it's going to be pastors and leaders, people who are interested in, people who do podcasts or are interested in those kinds of conversations um, are going to be the people that I can have those those sorts of things with. 
Uh, yeah, but I, I think that's true. Definitely from my congregation with being aging, you know, like I said, I'm surprised a lot of them are on YouTube. Um, but for me, it's the, the younger demographic. They are certainly going to be on Clubhouse, especially when there's Android that opens up. And so yeah. Clubhouse is already glow, growing leaps and bounds and, and people are going, especially I think it, it might be successful because of the isolation that we experience. And so the, the keyboard warriors that we see on the various social media platforms, Twitter and Facebook and so forth, um, you don't get that. You can't be that on on Clubhouse. This was definitely more authentic and being able to hear somebody's voice and be able to connect with them yeah. and, or agree and rebut and, and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm, I'm viewing it as reaching the people where they are whoever is there. But in addition to that, uh, it'll also feed like what, what are the needs? What are, what are the questions that people are asking? What, what is the things that they're looking for? And so not only does that feed uh, the content that I would probably use on my YouTube channel, but also feed, you know, what I'm, I'm preaching on a Sunday right. as well to be able to know the pulse of what people are, are, are asking and what they're needing. So tell me, you mentioned this as a, uh, maybe it's a, I don't know, a research opportunity for what uh, what people are struggling with, what they want to know. Uh, what other tools besides your, um, your other business that you're involved in and Clubhouse, what other tools do you use to try to figure that out? How do you have your ear to the ground of the culture? Uh, fortunately, I, you know, that's the benefit of having kids. So we have these, <laughs> these discussions and I always have. And you know, I think I've always been there with them and I've been able to anticipate kind of the things that they're talking about it into. But again, mm -hmm. as I get older, I'm missing things somehow. I don't know why that <laughs> happens, but they're, they're keeping me grounded. And, and so uh, being able to sit at the dinner table or what have you and get their perspective on, you know, what their friends and then we're talking mm -hmm. about yeah. um, what they're seeing out out there because they are exposed to different things than, than what we are. And so I'm hoping to continue to connect in that way. But yeah, certainly social media is is easy to go to, to be on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok and, and others. MeWe, <laughs> there's so many out there um, in order to see, again, what people are talking about, how they're engaging with uh, what's going on in the world, how they're engaging with the Bible to be able to substantiate, you know, how can I, you know, fit, fit in the gap here? And similar to what I would do with my congregation, right? Through conversations. How are you doing? What have you been up to? What have you been challenged with? How can I be praying for you? Those types of things already inform right. what it is that I'm supplying to my congregation. So I just see that as broadening. I think we can get stuck in our plan. You know, we can we can have like a this is where I'm going to go in my preaching or whatever this year. This is my plan for the year. I'm going to go here at this time and we forget sometimes to adapt to what's happening. I think the Holy Spirit helps us in our planning and also helps us adapt. So I think we need to do both. Um but but yeah, man, it's awesome to hear all the things that you're doing in the digital culture to meet the needs of people to to inform people to to help people find the hope in Jesus, as you uh, described. Um, I really appreciate you taking your time and hanging out with me. I know you're a busy man, 
I mean, you got you got a lot going on. So uh, I don't want to take up all your time. But where can people find you if they if they want to know more? They want to watch your videos, see what you have to say, or even you know, Lord willing, someone even says, "I want to give to this guy's ministry." Where would they go? Oh, fantastic! You, it's funny to I hear this on our podcast, and uh, and I'm like, "Wow, well, who am I? I'm a nobody." So, <laughs> I know uh, it, it's encouraging. So, my my goal is to to encourage others, and and again, to be able to authentically live out their faith. And so, um, YouTube is very new for me. I started uh, in in earnest just a few months ago, but you can find me at Vaughn Sanders Ministries on YouTube. Uh, I'm Vaughn Sanders on Facebook uh, and VRSJ on most of the the other platforms, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and and so forth. Um, you can go to Buy Me a Coffee slash Pastor Vaughn if you'd like to support uh, my YouTube ministry, and that will go to not only buying um, gear and and, and um, to be able to keep up with uh, the things that are necessary in order to do YouTube and podcasts, but also um, there's some uh, missional components as well. And so there's a portion of those proceeds that go to support uh, local and international missions as well. So, awesome. uh, yeah, I would love to connect. This is a community and I mm-hmm. uh, would love to support in any way that I can. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you and what you're doing for the kingdom. God bless you and many blessings to your ministry. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you, brother. If you want to support Vaughn, I'm sure he would love for you to buy him a cup of coffee. And also, you can buy me a cup of coffee if you'd like. There's a link in the description below. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast. Give it a heart, a like, a share, and help the algorithm figure out that I'm here and sharing good stuff for the kingdom of God. God bless you, and I'll see you in the next one.